Now, what we're, uh, what we're showing tonight might seem frivolous in some ways, but actually it's a very serious issue that we're dealing with tonight. It, it really is um, a certain structure that is in life in which we're actually all involved. And uh, the question is not whether you're involved in that process, but, but how you engage with that process. Nobody in here has a get-out clause uh, or that doesn't affect me in the context of this process. Now, not only is what we're talking about um, biblically definable, but it also is, is recognized extensively throughout the um, psychological and philosophical world as being something critically important. Now, now what we're talking about happens in three sections or three phases. Uh, just like the three acts of a play, which is very interesting because that has been latched on to by um, not just um, um, psychologists and historians, but of course latched on to by Hollywood and scriptwriters, which is why all the way going back to the history of the theatre, you tend to have a play with three acts because it actually has its roots in the recognition and the acknowledgement of a process in life of which we are part. And... Um, uh, 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 this, these, these may sometimes blend together. So what we are going to talk about over the next three weeks, although they are individual aspects and phases in their own right, actually do have areas in which they blend in terms of how old you might be, where you might be, what's happening. Um, but each of it is distinct also in its own right. And uh, those three things, as Chris said at the beginning, are known as the heroic journey, which is the first phase, the crisis of limitations, which is the next phase, and I would recommend that you hear next week, because this will help you sort out some of the nonsense that is going on, that you don't understand why it's going on, and the last one is the wisdom journey, which is where we actually want to get to. Now, now tonight is the heroic journey. And the heroic journey is how the first part of your life is defined. Now, you may repeat this process in some measure at various other points of life. And I cannot say that the heroic journey is from, you know, 1 to 25 or 1 to 30 because uh, some of you are late starters and might have some problems and your heroic journey might go from 20 to 40 or whatever. Um, the issue is not how you define a specific age in which this happens, but you understand the process that is happening because it is happening now to all of us and will happen. And if you don't negotiate these phases of life correctly, then the truth is just like landing an aeroplane on a runway and not being able to stop and plowing into the houses at the end and killing everybody, that can happen in your life. So... Uh, the heroic journey is how the first part of life is defined. And, and here's what it looks like. It's a time of dreams and unrestrained ambition. It's a time of fantasy and imagination. It's a time when the heart dominates the head. Now, we associate that more with childhood and teenage years and probably into early 20s. We tend to ascertain that some of those things begin to die as we take on responsibility in life, and that responsibility often becomes the thing that kills the dreams and the ambition and the fantasy and the imagination, and the head starts to dominate the heart because we start to figure things out rationally rather than emotionally and from the heart, and, and might I say spiritually. Now, now during this phase, 
the issue is that you're the hero of your own story. Uh, when you grow up as a child, the truth is, life does revolve around you. Even if you are part of a bad childhood or, or in a, an oppressive home or in an abusive situation, uh, life revolves around you. Y your whole endeavor is to deal with life as it happens to you. You're really not bothered whether Putin gets re-elected as the, as the president of Russia. You, you're not bothered what Donald Trump does about refugees. All those things might be important, but in this phase, there is a focus because you are beginning to define something that happens on the inside, not on the outside, which is actually about who you truly are. And the problem is the more we grow and take on responsibility and experience life, we can lose the elements that give us the edge when we're a kid, fantasy is good, imagination is good, and any religious system that, that negates that does not help us rediscover who God made us to be. Now, during this phase, when you're the hero of your own story, this is the wonderful bit, anything is possible. Anything is possible. What are you going to be when you grow up? An astronaut. And you're looking at your child thinking, you, my sweetheart, I would never say to you, are six too short planks. <laughs> You'll never do maths and science and physics and, you know, those kind of thoughts. But, but in this phase, anything is possible. Now, the interesting thing about that is that it is possible. It's all possible, but at least in your own mind it's possible. But this is not a negative thing about this heroic journey. It's a positive thing because unless we and until we discover the kind of thing that says in our minds and in our hearts anything is possible, then we are always going to struggle to negotiate the other phases of life. And we always have to come back to that concept if we are going to address the other concept. Which is why Jesus one day said to people, there are lots of things that with men are impossible, but with God all things are possible. And if you believe, all things are possible to you. It's a return to that understanding of the, historic, uh, the heroic journey. So it's supposed to make us daring. It's supposed to make us experimental. It's supposed to make us risk-taking. It's supposed to make us reach for the stars. I would like to think and I would hope that even as a community, we are part of this three-act thing and that part of our being is the heroic journey of imagination, of daring, of experiment, of risk, of reaching for the stars because it's part of what's been put in us. Now, what's interesting about all this is that it's cross-cultural. It is totally cross-cultural in its content and in its nature. It's a model understood throughout civilization. It, it, not just the Bible. And it is Bible, but it's not just Bible. This is something that has been understood throughout civilization. It's the way of humanity, which is why I want you to understand it. It's something built into our innermost being that I believe is built there by God himself, but it's there in every one of us, that, that heroic thing to be the hero of our story and to see that imagination and that expectation come to pass. Now, now the, historic, the, the, the heroic journey 
uh, may have plans within it, but it is not planned. You cannot plan, and I want you to catch this, you cannot plan your heroic journey. The heroic journey is a response to a call. You say, well, where does the call come from? The call comes from within. I would like to say the call comes from above. But within all that, there is a call. Now, having a call on one's life is something that I grew up with. Because it was mostly connected to ministry, a call to the ministry. Um, and actually, we, we had reduced it to something less than it is, because you can be called to be a teacher, you can be called to be compassionate, you can be called to be a dancer, you can be called to be an artist, you, you, know, you can be called to many, many things, you can be called to business, but you've got to hear that call that comes from within. You can be called to be a good parent, you, you, but there is a call that causes you sometimes to imagine beyond what you think you are capable of, but of course, if you really live here, not being capable of something is not what you experience until the next phase. And I've got to get you back to that dreaming, that imagining, that expectation. Because too many of us have become smothered because we haven't understood the process. We've been smothered by things we don't understand and we've lost the ability to dream. We've lost our imagination. We've lost our hope. We've lost our expectation. We've lost what Jesus called our childlikeness. Not our childishness, but our childlikeness. Many of you have lost your childishness because life has beaten that out of you. But the problem is you've also lost your childlikeness. Childlikeness is when you can imagine and you can dream and you can have joy and something happens in here that actually has the veto over what's going on up here and you do something daring and something risk-taking and you realize you are a superhero and you are the hero of your own story and you're on this heroic journey. It's a call. The question is, will you answer the call? Okay, so the heroic journey. Heroes don't play safe. It is not in the heart or the vocabulary or the intent of a hero to play safe. And one of the great measurements that all of us can use, and I've used it myself, to see whether we still have the essence of the heroic journey is the degree to which we desire to play everything safe. And uh, speaking for my generation, I know, um, you know, I have watched and observed in my own life as responsibilities and circumstances have happened, how the need to play it safe, the need to not take risks, the need to worry about things increases to the point where um, sadly we become not risk takers and we lose the context of the heroic journey and then we don't find ourselves able to make wisdoms journey. Just for some of you who are nearer to my age than you are to, to Connie's age, um, the Bible is actually full of heroes who were not kids. It's got many of them. We look at the David Shepherd Psalmist boy 
But if you look through the Bible, many of the heroes were not kids. There were, there were people not just my age, but people starting at 80 years of age because somehow they had recovered the understanding of the hero's journey and all that goes with that. So this is not just about young people tonight, but I want to encourage you again, heroes don't play it safe. Heroes risk. And often that risk comes in either blind or semi-blind naivety. We talk about the naivety of youth because you do stuff and you don't think of what the consequences might be. Riley scares me half to death. I'm, I'm a stress mess. I'm a drama llama in the context of Riley because I watch him climb trees above railings, all the stuff that I did as a kid. I mean, I, you know... Um, I have more scars in my head from stupid stuff like throwing clothes poles into, into conquer trees and getting smacked in the head and all that nonsense, which you never think about. And now I wouldn't dream of throwing, of throwing a clothes prop into a conquer tree, even though most of you wouldn't even have a clue what a clothes prop is. And I watch Riley and it scares me. Why? Because we lose this principle that I'm trying to bring you back to today. There is a certain kind of blindness or semi-blindness in naivety that goes along with risk-taking. And the whole journey of this is that through the process of life, we may not lose that, but actually we recover that when we get to wisdom's journey. The thing to grasp about this time is it's taking you somewhere. It's definitely taking you somewhere, but it's just that the somewhere might not be ultimately where you thought the somewhere was. But it's okay because it's always taking you somewhere. And that's because this journey is part of a bigger story that is not about where you go or what you have, but about who you are. That's the context of the journey that we are on. It's part of the journey in which you're supposed to go from birth to rebirth, and we'll talk more about that as we go through the next three phases. Now, a classic example of this for me is the call of Abraham in the Bible. Genesis 12:1 says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, your father's house, go to a land that I will show you. That's heroic journey. That's a call to the risk. It's a call to blind naivety. A later writer in a book called Hebrews in the New Testament says in chapter 11 verse 8, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, that's the call, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. You see, once you lose the context of your heroic journey, you never go anywhere because you're always wanting to know where there is before you'll ever go. But you see, the whole point of a call is that you follow the call and the call leads you, but you have the faith to go with the call. Now, the truth is there's often missing information in the early journey of this process. Um, in my own story, just, just very quickly, a couple of things. Uh, my father sat at the kitchen table um, when I was about uh, uh, one, maybe one or two years of age. He sat at the kitchen table, and uh, all he had to do was sign a form. If he signed that form, my mum and dad, along with me, would have moved to New Zealand, and I would have been a Kiwi now, like Graham Grant, who'll probably see this. God bless Graham the Kiwi. I would have been a Kiwi. But my gran was sick, and we lived at my grand's, and so my mum and dad just 
chose not to sign that thing. So instead of finishing up in New Zealand, just a few years later we finished up in York. Now, that might not sound much of a heroic journey, but if you knew anything about something called the coal mining industry, which we now don't have, and if you knew anything about the coal mining community, which was very introvert and close-knit, and if you knew anything about coal miners who didn't think necessarily that they could do anything other than coal mining, it was in the blood, you would understand that my father coming to a posh city <laughs> from a South Yorkshire mining community was a heroic journey. But you see, that brought me here. And it was an heroic choice that put me in a place of destiny because the call that he heard connected with the call that I was hearing. Now, what was interesting is that he had a dream uh, when he was here. And in his dream, he saw himself walking towards a village. And when he got to the village, he read the name tag on the village. The name, name tag said Maleg. And he saw himself going into the village. And in terminology that we understood back then, he was telling people about Jesus and handing out gospel tracts, which was wonderful. That was the, the era and the time. And my father woke up. It was very clear he'd never been to Malague. He didn't really know there was a such a place of Malague, but there is in the northwest of Scotland. Now, now my father, in, in trying to ascertain what that was about, thought it was wonderful and strange, but he didn't go to Malague. Now, I don't say that critically, because he shared the story with me when a little later in our life I was sat at the piano in church. Yes, I do play the piano, and yes, I did do that in church. And, um, and uh, I, heard a, I heard a call in my inside that said, I want you to go to a town called Scotts Bluff in Nebraska in the USA when you're 30 years of age and stay for a year and I'll show you what to do. As clear as that, never heard of the place. Didn't even know Nebraska was a state, never mind Scotts Bluff a town. But we left in 1986 when I was 30 years of age, still on my heroic journey, regardless of the consequences, sell your car, my in-laws decided they would live in our house, which was wonderful, so we didn't have to sell our house. And we cleared off, literally, with three suitcases and a three-year-old. That was Joel. We didn't know anybody. Nobody knew us, but we just turned up in this Midwest town. These English people just turned up. And uh, six weeks later, I was leading a great community of people in an amazing church there in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, the relationships of which still go on, and that's a whole story in its own right. It's an ongoing journey of which our current stuff in Salt Lake City is part of that ongoing journey that started then because of the call. Now, the truth is there was lots of missing information, but the call is the heroic thing that says, I'll hear it, I'll do it, I'll go for it. I am special. I am the hero of this story. Now, I've had some of that knocked out of me, beaten out of me, dragged out of me, crushed out of me and what is the next phase but it's all good because there's life and there's resurrection life and you can have life because somebody gave you birth you can only have resurrection life if you die but when you die you get into a different kind of life and we'll hit that a little bit next week so it may surprise you to learn what the dominant thinking is in the academic world regarding what is the opposite to a hero what do you think's the opposite to a hero um, Heroes and, heroes and what? That's not what in the academic world or the psychological world or even if you'll receive it tonight is the opposite. The opposite to a hero is not a villain, it's a bystander. 
I could take you into all the lesson of that. The opposite to a hero is not a villain, it's a bystander. The damage that we do to our heroic journey is not done by villains that stop us so we can blame them. It's done because we become a bystander in our own story. So there is in every one of us a call to the heroic journey. Every one of you, a call to the heroic journey. Listen, discover it, respond to it. That voice is there deep within calling you onwards and upwards. Don't be a bystander, pursue it and don't fear the climb. As we, um, as we bring things to a close tonight, I, I want to pray for you in just a, just a moment. What I want you to know is each of you is a, is a unique expression, individually unique expression of the creative heart of God. One of the guys who wrote the poems in the Old Testament that we call the Psalms says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's not just talking about the generality of the wonder of human life. He's talking about the wonder of the individuality. There's not two of us in here tonight that look the same, have the same DNA, the same attributes. We are all uniquely, creatively different, but made by the hand of God, especially each one of you has purpose in life. How many of you know what every seed possesses. Every single seed from every tree, from every fruit, from every plant. How many of you know what every single seed possesses? Not, not the ability to be an apple tree, not the ability to be a pear tree, or whatever. There's one thing that every single seed possesses. It's potential. Every seed has within it potential. But tell me what happens if I don't plant the seed. What happens to the potential in the seed? It's lost. Because the potential in a seed only becomes reality when the seed's potential is realized through it being planted because there is faith in its purpose. The truth is that God wants every one of us planted in purpose so that the potential that is within us, as each of us being a seed, will blossom and manifest and be fruitful in life. You are all seeds with tremendous potential, but the potential comes when you get planted in the place of purpose. Now that might involve some dying, and we'll talk about that next week, but that's a bit miserable for today. Let's just enjoy the fact of the potential, the unique potential God has put within us. And by his love, he's always trying to plant us within purpose. Take the risk. Make the heroic journey. Get planted with excitement about all that you can be. So I'm going to pray for you. Let's just stand while I pray. Just stretch your legs. Father, I just pray over every heart and every life and every mind and every spirit in here. I pray over every emotion that's going in a thousand different directions because of confusion and conflict and difficulty and hardship that your peace will come into every heart just like it did that day on the Sea of Galilee when the storm blew up and you said, peace, be still. I speak peace, be still to the storm 
in every life in here tonight, so that from that we may realize that in your covering attendance to our lives, we can flourish and prosper with the potential that you have placed within us, that each one of us is blessed of God to be the hero in a story, to be heroes in life. So I release that today, pray that we'll all grasp it and receive it, Lord, and that each heart will be encouraged to make the heroic journey and make the climb tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.